Crazy. Disruptive. Explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This is the Recapic Podcast. Sure is. Yeah, it is, buddy. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a while. Yeah. We kind of have to stop well, saying that because it's always been a while lately. <laughs> so I'm not I wasn't here for that. your last one, though, was I? No. Okay, I didn't think oh, so. Oh, the last one was... Yeah, you weren't at those the night I almost died. Do you remember what? that? I remember it. Nobody told me about this. You fed him and I almost died. No, no, no. That was the we, last one. No, it wasn't. That was, was when it? I fed him chili. We've recorded since then. That uh, was a, that was see, like a, oh, everything a problem. Is, you know how many the, brain cells that got killed that night? <laughs> see, that's why I forgot. That's why I forgot. Yeah, I just no. I worry that uh, that's why when we're recording these so far apart. But uh, we are going to get better. We when was the that, now? I'm confused. When was the last one? I don't know. We should, it's we should it's do more research before we get on the air. Well, yeah, that's not any fun. <laughs> well, but it does pay its dividends, I suppose. Yeah, but it has been a while, but for good reason. You guys have been super super busy. I mean, did you see how I did that? I just, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I have that. Wait, you have that, yeah. Check the side of the bus. Sorry, hold on a second. I got to find it. It's been a while. See, I don't even have it on the right page. He doesn't even know how to run the board anymore. It's been so long. What is this thing? Like, got some record no. scratch. Oh, here it is right. <laughs> there we there go. Is. There it is. Oh, boy. No, it's been a hectic, hectic summer. Summer came late. Yeah, it did. And then now it's... Almost August. Yeah. We're averaging like one podcast every couple months right now. Quarterly. We're, we're quarterly. quarterly. Yeah. We're a quarterly it's, podcast. It's fine. That's all right. It's we worth apologize. It. If there's still people hanging around listening to us, we do apologize. They're like, and uh, thank you. You yeah, idiots. I tuned you. out a long time ago. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe a few are still around. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, times are strange. I mean, it's just the way it is. I think that's kind of the topic of the podcast today is a little bit about you know weird. stranger times season four weird. <laughs> isn't weird. there already a show called that no weird. stranger things oh well yeah. it's very similar so then. don't get okay. us sued for copyright issues where stranger times um, is probably, probably yeah good. that's how it I counts that one's taken no. but it's crazy i mean it's just we're in a time where everyone's everything's upside down i mean the reason why everything's delayed the reason why everything's you know we talked about for and we've had other podcasts where we talked about you know what about the new norm and and all these different things but like kind of getting to a point where we got to come to grips with the fact that this is the way it's going to be for a while so mm-hmm. you know being busy because i mean the reason we can't get things done in the construction industry is because things are delayed because Everyone has the same excuse, right? Like, oh, well, there's no workers. Oh, that that part is back. I can't, yeah, we can't get it. We can't get that part. No the workers. microchip, that yeah. microchip for the massager in the <laughs> in your new truck. Can't, they don't have the microchip but, that does the massager part. But you got so. your new truck 10 I months did. later. I did. 10 months? It, 10 months. 10 months? That's longer than a baby. I know. That's we could we have were, had a baby. Yeah, we were faster. joking that we were going to do a birth announcement about that's, the truck. You should. We ordered it in October? November. The first, because Gavin, we we ordered it in November. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, wow. we are now going, rolling into the end of uh, July. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a minute. Uh, and we, you know, and then when it comes in, it's 
doesn't have the exact same parts. They say, I mean, it has the parts, but like instead of color matched on some of the stuff, it was chrome. That's okay. I'm sure they gave you a very some, sizable discount. <laughs> well, they did? Right, right. <laughs> Right, it was a negative oh. discount, and then you know, and then they yeah. they oh well, it doesn't have the massaging seats uh, because they don't have the microchip to do that anymore. So, so they quit putting those in. They have actually they just they discontinued they it in all makes and models. So they because say. of a microchip, really? So they say. Mm-hmm. Are but there more knows? than one microchip manufacturer? Like, is that something that we can't can't figure out I, in the microchip industry? I'm naive to that. But. I don't know. Like, I didn't realize it was a microchip that made like when you back up and there's a car behind you and your seat vibrates. I didn't realize that was done from a microchip. I thought there. Were, like, well, I guess if you think about it, like the microprocessors are everywhere, all over the place. But I remember, I mean, I remember seeing a report. There was a guy, and this has been a few years ago. That is like, that's the next big crisis, and I was like, that's the dumbest thing ever. They're like. There are companies that are laying people off because they're making too many microchips. How could that possibly be? That's like somebody going, oh, no, we're going to run out of dirt. Right. Uh, there's still quite a bit. Or is there? Is there? Gung, gung. That's, that's my point, though. Like, I think where we're at, I think I'm kind of at a point where I'm drawing the line in the sand where I'm, I'm, not, I'm done I'm done taking those excuses if they are excuses. I mean, I don't know. There could be legit to give excuses, but I, I'm kind of at a point where it's like, here, we're going to, you know, buzzword. We're going to pivot a little bit and I'm going to figure out a actual way to get around this excuse. I mean, how do we do it? That's what I'm like. I literally want to have a podcast today with us, like brainstorming how we, okay, how do we do this? Because I know there's a ton of people, um, that are still listening to us that want to know like that we're all in the same boat like so let's mm-hmm. all brainstorm about how we get around it because you can't you can't just get pissed off right because that's that's my first reaction is like someone goes oh well well yeah you, i mean you know because it happens six times a day like i don't care where you're at. i go get my hair cut and they're like well yeah we we don't have any of that because the blades for the razors that we use are back ordered and so we we can't do that you know you're like is there anywhere you go to dinner? I went, I went to the store to get, I've got freaking allergies are killing me and my throat's sore. So I'm trying not to cough through this whole podcast. So I ran to the store just a few minutes ago to go get cough drops. He the, really didn't. He, he just really wanted to drive the truck again. He wanted to drive again. the truck. I know yeah. exactly yeah. what was going on there. I went to a grocery store very far away. I'll be right back. Yeah, Where are you going? I wanted to go drive my truck. Canada. They're in Canada. The whole cough drop aisle was annihilated. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? So I had to buy these little baby packs. I was going to buy like a big pack of it. Yeah. But I had to buy these little tiny travel size packs because there was that was all it was there. I went to the, I, I, and so then I kind of looked around like, oh shit, the whole aisle's that way. Like, I mean, the medicine aisle is like decimated right now. So I wonder if I, you know, like, I'm like, this is just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do we work around that? How do you take your your daily life and work around it? It changes every day how you right. work around it. So how do you stay that flexible to where you're? How do you? Is it a mindset? Do you change your mindset? Do you? I mean, like, what do you do to figure out how Part to get that, around it? And some of it, I think, is uh, <laughs> you said that research word. Mm-hmm. Some of that's knowing the context of what it is that you're doing and just being. Being aware of what the market is really doing, whether or not it's your market for buying a cough drop or the market for like, 
going to Subway to get a sandwich, but they don't have enough employees, and so they're closed. Mm. And understanding just the dynamics of all that stuff and, and figuring out it it changes, I think, consumer behavior. So how do you put yourself as a business in a way that you can maximize and be efficient to be open at the right times in the case of Subway, right? Don't miss those opportunities. But as a consumer, I think there's, there, I think you have to separate it out into two different things because there's the consumer and then there's the, like a, a, a business element of it. Yeah. And I think part of that comes down to as a, as a business owner, it comes down to communicating with your consumers or potential oh, consumers. 100%. You know, like I was looking at in the, in the drafting company, I, I have two full-time drafters. I've been trying to hire another one for a while. I can't find anybody. Can't find anybody that wants to work. Um, so we're to the point where. Is that where a qualification issue or just like, eh? A little bit of, a little bit of both. It's that like kids, I, it's hard to attract the, the people that you, that you want in your business to work for you. Right. Um, number one, because our wages are, are lower, even though, you know, I've, I've got my girls making 20 bucks an hour and they both get to work from home. Which is pretty awesome, by the way. Which, yeah, it's great. But it works for both of them. And then they come into the office, you know, once a month for a week or, or you know, when they have meetings or whatever. But trying to find somebody that's driven enough to do that, that can afford to work at $20 an hour, and then, you know, can, can pay their bills on that. That's the yeah. hard thing. Yeah. Well, and that, again, it goes back to understanding that market. Right. It's the market for employees for that. I think where I get a little bit confused is that's just a fairly specialized thing. You can't just go grab a kid and be like, hey, you're going to learn how to do this mm. versus I mean, there's other things where I'm like, and I'm, yeah. this is me being kind of insensitive. But man, sandwich artists, come on. <laughs> yeah. You're making a sandwich and sometimes they don't make them that well. But like there's certain things where I'm like, what what is the problem versus the trades where Welding is very like you got to know what you're doing. Electricians, you got to know what you're doing. But there's, I think that there's opportunities for a lot of young people if they're smart enough and just listen and see those opportunities. But I think it it kind of comes back around to: Are you walking through life with your head up, and are you looking for opportunities? You're an entrepreneur. Both of you are crazy entrepreneurs. You guys are always looking. Right. The, the joke that you were saying about the concrete, not being able to get concrete. You're like, so what's the problem? How can I, how, why is it that I can't get the concrete? Do you not have the concrete? No, we got plenty of concrete. We don't have any truck drivers. Right. So if I, if I drive a truck over to your place, you'll fill it with concrete and then I can, is that yes? Like figuring out the dynamics of that stuff and looking for opportunity to, I mean, that's where businesses get born is out of yeah. necessity. Right. Exactly. We're and we're gonna see that. I think that's what we're gonna continue to see. I think you're gonna see, you know, where that threshold is and I think that it's the one thing I I can't figure out is where we is the kids that are saying, Oh well I'm not making enough money you know, okay. I used to if I didn't make enough money, I wouldn't work two jobs. I, I rarely didn't have two <laughs> right. jobs, right? right? Like I mean when I was working as a kid and, and before I had my businesses, even after I had my businesses most of the time I was working another job at night or I'd go work a different job and I get there's, you know, work life balance has become more important than it used to be. But realistically you can do that. So like if you, if you yeah. wanted to go and I mean, we're talking about sandwich artists are making $17 an hour now. 
So, which blows my mind to give you some context, right? So, my ex-wife works at a retirement facility with in the memory care unit. Like, she hands out meds to people. Like, she really has to be on her game. She bathes people. She does all these different things. Same thing, where she's making the same amount as somebody making a sandwich. sandwich? Right. That you're, I don't you're understand. People's <laughs> lives, or at least continuing their life and making <laughs> yeah. their life better. As, as sandwich makers making the same amount, it's it's insane. I I look at this one going into the construction industry. What's been really crazy is some of these jobs that I'm like I wouldn't want that job, and but we seem to have plenty of them. Like I look at our porta potties are always clean. Mm-hmm. I have not heard one person complain about a shortage or not being able to get a porta potty or not being able mm-hmm. to get them cleaned or serviced. And we, but yet we can't get people to show up to paint our houses, you know, like so, or like, or like the guy that we were talking to today that was crazy. He said uh, he knows a guy that owns a fencing company. Put an ad out there. Got this kid come in, talk to him. The kids that work for Danny's like, I didn't realize I was going to be outside all day. Look at a fencing company. <laughs> what did you think you were going to be doing? Exactly. Just like there's is there a common sense. Like, I mean, is there a disconnect there? Are they paying way more to these guys that are cleaning shitters? Or are they, you know, how are they keeping people? Like, how are, I, I mean, I want to like call them and be like, hey, how are you keeping people in this position? Well, but how many, how many are there? So pick it apart. If there's a thousand porta potties over a geographic area, that's obvious that they have to have a, a big staff in order to do that. Or is it something where it's legitimately, a small core of people that you've you've kind of <laughs> reduced down to that get it. I think for a lot of companies, there is an opportunity to reduce down the staff just because of business the way that it's been recently. I think you find, though, who are the people that are in? Who are the people that get it? Who are the people that that you want in that boat, Right. Well, and I going back to you know we, we, you know the the topic of like how do we deal with it, right? I think you get back to that topic where you're like, okay, how do I how do I deal with it with how do I do this job with less employees? Mm-hmm. How do I do this job with less subcontractors? We're doing. I mean, I've you know, and I since the last podcast, I've actually left my position as a regional manager for a international company to where I'm now doing working here with with the girl boss and working on our businesses locally Mm -hmm. and i'm not spending that time out on the road because we had to redesign our businesses because we had those businesses when i was on the road but i was traveling 11 states i was on an airplane all the time i was you know i'm out there teaching other people how to run their businesses and meanwhile we can't keep enough people hired here to run our businesses so (laughs) right we had to pivot and we, the way we pivoted was I gave up a very good paying job with a really awesome company. And I, I, you know, I, that I would literally, the, the, it's a great job, great company. I helped transition the new guys in to my position. There's actually two people going to replace me now. Um, I'm still going to continue to work with them on a contractor basis there, you know, so great job. I didn't leave cause I, hated my job i left because i needed to come home and work on my businesses because of the state of the the employee situation here i we can't keep you know people in this position to run 
this you know be a project manager for our construction jobs Mm -hmm. so i'm coming home to do that i'm going to help grow the you know i'm still going to sell my product that i sell and sell insulated concrete forms and be out there pushing that product um but i'm also here to help with so you know with the drafting company at times i'm helping with the construction company at times i'm helping you know so you have to become adaptable to where you're doing other things because we may not get an excavator out there to build a retaining wall well guess what i'm that truck I just picked up today, mm-hmm. finally, that we ordered, we ordered that truck because we needed to haul equipment. It's a big truck. It's an F-450. Uh, it's a ton and a half, and it's a it's to haul equipment so we can pick up our skid steer, and we can take our skid steer, and I can go do work when we can't get people to go do it. What's her name? Nikki. Nikki. And why is it Nikki? She's like Nicki Minaj. She's real pretty in the face with a big old butt. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> big old dooley. She's got the big double wheels on the back and I from behind. She's big old girl. In, in terms of like action items and steps on, on some of this stuff, just the practicality of being intentional about analyzing what does this really look like and really reconciling, okay, this isn't just like a, well, yeah, we're going through this little rough patch of water and now it's all good nope you're it's a different river and this is the way that it's going to be so let's sit down for a second and let's analyze hey where do we need to maybe reduce where do we need Mm -hmm. to expand how do we redo our business so that we can re-establish expectations with our clients we're resetting so that, that baseline. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to. That's exactly what it reset is. Reset the baseline and then move forward. Because I don't think it, this is. I don't think we're going to be doing all of our work forever. No. I think it's going to come back to a because you can't really sustain it because no. you're getting old. No, yeah. Wait, whoa, what? <laughs> he is. You he, forgot he, how old he was. He, <laughs> he thought he was. He's older. much older than I am. Yeah, by at he, least six months. No, I think he you have to. You have to take a step back and look at it, not just from a business perspective, but from a you know your personal life, your family, and and all of that stuff, and and seeing you know what really what what's important and what do we need to do right in in order to to make everything else happen, and him stepping back from his other company that he was working with and and working with us full time allows us to do more, but then it also allows us to be. Um, pickier with the jobs that we take right well and it's an efficiency mm-hmm. right and that's that's as a business that's exactly where you want to be i want to be able to select the right partners for who i do business with because i need you guys to get like the way that we do this and trust the process rather than rather than fight it i mean there's there's clients that we've had in the past creatively that just don't understand what we're trying to do and it's constantly a fight. And we finally get to the point of where like, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe you need to work with a different advertising agency that that is a little bit different. We're we're just a flavor of doing this stuff. We we think it's good and smart, but if you're not buying it, that's that's fine. Let's let's help you transition and find a different agency that you guys get along with and that you guys are aligned with. That's a big deal. And doing that with with respect and honor and not being a dick about it. I mean, that's obviously an important aspect of it. Yeah, I haven't figured that one out. No, you're yet, you're pretty good about the just straightforward. You, you have. We we have because we. Oh, we, that was nice. I like what you just did there. That was good. <laughs> we backed. <laughs> we basically. I, I wouldn't say we fired a client this last week, 
but we gracefully allowed that client to bow out of a contract. Yeah. No, you're right. Because it was in his best interest and the, and it was in our best interest because right. it was creating headaches for us trying to fix his. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, um, it's interesting because that causes its own problems in, in some ways because what happens is, like it or not, there's going to be shitty jobs out there and those shitty jobs just aren't going to get done after a while because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're a builder and you've got the ability to build a home, most builders, I, I, there are a few that are pretty shitty out there, but most builders, if you have the skill to build a home, you could build a cheap home, you could build a middle-of-the-road right. home, or you could build a high-end home. really just comes down to what kind of budget you have to work with. So. <laughs> yep, that's what we, same thing with advertising, right? It's your imagination so, and your checkbook. Your checkbook. That's it. Yeah. That's the only thing that limits you. So, so in most cases, if you're a builder, if we're getting into this building side of things like in our world, we're exactly where we're at, where we're saying, okay, we're going to be more selective because we can't do... 20 homes this year we can only do 10 so let's pick the best 10 right so those bottom 10 get pushed down and and if every builder's doing that these lower end homes are what's not getting built because there's not the return on that so right. so if you have an ability to do something and do something well then that's so that that's kind of the scary part about it and i think that's really what we're going to see the long-term effect of this be i mean i don't know we were in a in a uh, we went to a state building conference this last week, and we got to hear an economist speak. We got to hear the uh, Department of Labor speak. Um, they were guest speakers at this conference, and it was I it was, it was mind boggling, eye opening, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's there's a legitimate population issue. Like, Which I is mean, something you don't think about. Yeah, and, and look it up. I mean, people can do the research, but the the basis of this is is our excuse me our uh, our labor force when on a graph should look like a, a tri- like a pyramid, right. and at the top of the tip of the pyramids is an age, and that's a hundred years old, and there's nobody working at a hundred years old. Going down to the bottom of the uh, pyramid then the bottom of the pyramid being 18 years old where you become a full-time employee, right? So in the 1950s, ours was a perfect pyramid. And it went from, and every five years as it went down, there it got wider, wider, wider. That was the workforce, right? And it was because most kids came out of high school, went directly into working at 18 mm-hmm. years old. Very few kids actually went to college. Um, and that's what they did, right? And they just kept working. Well, ours right now is the United States in, in that same pyramid is shaped like a teardrop so you've still got the tip being the 100 years old nobody up there and it just keeps going down the widest part is the baby boomers well the baby boomers are all in their 60s and 70s now right so they're now working their way out of the workforce and it just got smaller after that because the kids the baby boomers told their kids hey don't come out and work at the mill you need to go to college for four years Right. So they were the first generation to really push kids to not come into the workforce at 18. So then all of a sudden, almost immediately within one generation, not to mention the baby boomers also had less kids. They were, the pendulum swung. A lot of them decided to not have as many kids. They pushed their kids into college. And then those kids there at the same time, the perfect storm happened where they went to college, which took them out of the workforce for four years. They all delayed when they started getting married the average age of marriage went from like 19 to like 25 
the average age of having a child went from 21 or 22 or whatever it was up to 26. Mm -hmm. So that caused this population. You got that gap. Bubble. Yeah. And that bubble has to stay in the line for eternity. You never get rid of that bubble. You can never add to that population of that decade. And that's what we're dealing with. And unfortunately, the more the, the millennials are the worst so far. I mean, you talk to them and they, they, the labor, the guy, labor guy was saying, you know, they're polling these kids. Majority of them don't want to have kids. Majority of them aren't going to get married till they're in their thirties. And some of them won't have kids till they're 30 or 40. So, so they're just behind that. Like he was calling it gen alpha, you know, the kids Mm -hmm. that are not born yet or just being born. He's like, that's going to be the smallest labor force we've ever had. Like, cause those, as that, if you just see that line going through the pyramid. Yeah. There's this huge gap in there where there's just there's no humans to work, which is mind boggling to if think. You just about. stop and think about it. If you just if you're listening to this, just stop and think about it, because I did, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's exactly right." I sit and think about my friends. I was the one that had kids first. I didn't have kids till I was like 25. I didn't have kids till I was 29. I didn't yeah. get married till I was 27. I know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, my kids babysat your kids. Like, my kids. I was the <laughs> oldest one, right? Yeah. We've still got friends who still have babies. Yeah. And we were yeah. in our 40s. My sister just had a baby. Right. So think about that. Think about that in the way of the whole world population. And the, if you have to have so many kids born every year to keep the labor force up, think about what has changed from the time when our parents had like a lot of our parents had six, seven, eight siblings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we all had like it seems like everyone had three kids. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that was like the thing. Three, yeah. three to four. Yeah. Two, you know, three to four, two to three, whatever. Now I look at like the kid, the younger kids, and they're all like, yeah, I I know so many people with only children. Yeah. With one yeah. child. One, yeah. Well, and it was amazing to hear what they were saying with like the the what the average is right now. So for per female. The average, you know, babies being born is like 2.1. Mm-hmm. So, and that's per female in the United States. So, what they said we need is actually like 3.6, something like that, to to stay a healthy to population. Sustain, to just stay To level. sustain it. That's, that's more. Yeah, that's more. But we're at 2.1, like as of the last few years when they had these statistics. Yeah. Where are we going to be at when they get the next statistics? Oh, because I know we have, we have three out of four be, kids that don't want kids. I bet it'll be half that. <laughs> yeah. If you, and I get like some of them, they don't know yet. Like that you're like, oh, they said that because they're young. <clears throat> but still, we have kids ranging from 28 to 18. And our children, three of the four are clearly stating they don't want to have kids. And, and it's happening that way more and more and more. And then when you watch the stuff that's on the news, you watch the state of the world, and you watch all this stuff, people are like, dude, the world sucks. I don't want to have children in this, right? I don't want to. Is it, but is it that, or is this, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Or is it that we have done such a good job about being self-focused and meeting all of those needs? So go back into the 50s. There was lots of things that you would love to do, but that's just not how it worked because that you had to provide for your family. In order to provide for your family, you had to do A, B, and C. We've gotten so good about having, quote, what I call first world problems. Like, oh, man, the Wi-Fi is not working. That's horrible. The world's going to end. You don't have 5G. But, <laughs> but if you think about it, and this is this is a little bit of a dig on society, 
of generating a bunch of self-focus. It's a dig on ourselves. It is because why would I not want that, right? And if technology keeps going up and I have the ability to get that, why would I not do that? It's it's a natural progression. I mean, I was talking to somebody, <laughs> I was talking to my kids about this and I was reading somebody's Facebook posts and they were just ripping on capitalism. And capitalism, capitalism is the blah, 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 negative, negative, negative. But I was like, well, like <laughs> all of these cool things, all these business opportunities are meeting all those needs. But it's, is that cycle of being self-focused, does that have something to do with, well, I don't want to have kids because that'll disrupt my lifestyle versus yeah, go 100%. back. I mean, if you really think about it, you go back 100 years ago, I needed to have kids because I needed to have people that worked on my farm. Workers. Oh, yeah. yeah. What did they say? They talked about that. The average age of a f- the farmers and the truck drivers right now is... That's terrifying. It, it's 65 and 60. And it's what's it's the scariest part is it is traveling at the same pace as the pyramid travels. So, like, usually what happens is, the, you know, the ages go up and then every... So, say, say the age goes up two or three years every 10 years right like Mm -hmm. so say like in 10 years time it goes from average age is 30 to the average age is now 40 32 right Uh in 10 years right it only goes up to it's traveling at the same pace so like 20 years ago that's scary 20 years ago the average age of a farmer was 45 (laughs) today it's 65 right well because it's above 20 years ago truck driving the average age was 40 years old today it's 60 so what happens when that 60 when the 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 biggest line the biggest amount of truck drivers are 60 turn 80 and they can't drive trucks anymore or 70 or whatever and all of a sudden in 10 years we don't have any truckers i mean basically what he told us is pray for automized you know the uh, autonomous Mm -hmm. trucks Pray for trucks that can drive themselves because we don't have anybody coming out and training to be a trucker right now. It's okay. It's okay. We don't. We don't need truckers. We have Amazon. Oh, that's right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to scratch that out with a crayon and figure out how they do that. But it, it's it's you know it's crazy. But we it back to your point of even just like the first world problems. I'm, I'm I feel like I'm pretty grounded. I'm sitting here talking about this subject on my podcast because I think it's important for people to understand we need to make changes. And I know less than six times today complained because my new truck doesn't have massagers in the seats. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but that, I get but it. that I, is I, where... I have first world problems. That's where you are, though. And that, this is something that I think everybody needs to give each other a little bit of grace on that stuff. That is my reality. That is my world. And I am stressed out about stuff like that. As much as other people are stressed out about paying bills, I'm stressed out about silly things like, does the inverter work in my camping trailer? Like, yeah. like there's those things, but but it's where you're putting your attention and it's where you're putting your, I guess, value. But there's... But, well, a good example is this, coming from then talking about the economist for the National Association of Home Builders. We got to listen to Dr. Dietz, who's like super smart and does a lot of the stuff for you know around the home building thing. Single home, single family homes is an issue because the millennials and these newer generations are um, 
they see a, a home as a liability and as a pain in the ass and something that takes them away from their friends and their, their <laughs> Ding, 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 right? That's the same right? thing I'm talking about. Where our generation, my we, I, I bought a freaking house when I was 19 because like, to me, it was an investment and it was like proving that I, like, I'm making a good conscious investment. I'm, I have money. This is what you do to like kind of show off and flex that like, I know what I'm doing and I'm, I'm proud of myself, right? I buy a house. Now these kids are literally saying, "I'm not going to buy a house." Well, but, like, but what are they I don't replacing have to it mow with? A lawn. What are they replacing it with, though? Do you, if you understand the the metrics of where they place their value, it isn't in things; it's in experiential stuff. Right. It's in traveling. Yeah. It's in going and doing things and spending time with their friends. Yeah. They. I'm going to go hike Montu Picchu, right? Instead the, of exactly, the, I'm going to take. I want to take a month off of work. Oh, that's right. not okay with you. I guess I'll just quit then. Right. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll find a job on the other side of it. But here's the thing. You're able to do that if you are not married and don't have any kids. Right. So Which it's, it's a self-serving. <laughs> but that's the cycle. That's the point. Is that? But depending on what the lens is that you're looking through, they're not looking at it through a lens of, well, I want to do what's best for the American the United States of America and no. in 50 no. no one thinks about that really at the end of the day like we didn't we didn't think about that we're looking at hey how do i put food on the table for my family how do i pay my bills how do i get a little bit ahead how do i put money in retirement how do i balance all this stuff without killing myself working my butt off yeah. that generation they're like oh, i don't want to do that i want to go to monte beach yeah. we have to, we i mean we in again Knowledge is power. We have to know that this is what we're dealing with. So now how do you adapt your business around that? Like, what do you do? You you do have to pay sandwich artists $20 because they have you, you have to do what's going to get them there, right? Like, Or like what we do in, in our situation, maybe it's not the, the, the pay. Maybe it's the autonomy of being able to work from home. You it's know, we the, buy them part a, of the package, a very expensive, nice Apple computer. Right set it up at their house for them and then they get to work from home at you know in their 22 23 27 you know in this young that that probably should be sitting in an office somewhere with someone yelling at them and now they have this cush job where they get up in their pajamas and drink coffee and 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 work from home and then we also work a four-day work week right Mm -hmm. so they you know i mean i can't imagine it 20, you know, something years old having a three-day weekend there's, every weekend. Yeah, and there's not a lot. Well, even there's not a lot of 20-somethings that can do that. There's not. And, and so you have to, you know, we have always lived by the higher fast, fire faster. If it doesn't work, we fire you. And But but the thing is, is that that is the kind of thing that we are figuring out that that we're, we're not wired that way, but we have to figure out that these kids that we're trying mm-hmm. to hire are. Well, it's understanding that market. So yeah. we have to do this to a point where these the girls that work for us are like telling their friends that are coming out of drafting school or coming out of architecture school and college and saying um yeah you should come work here it's a three it's a seven you know four day work week and i work from home and they're like oh my god i want to work there so you're hitting on something that i think is really really important <laughs> is projecting right and it's it's knowing where does the where does the talent pool it's almost there where's the talent pool gonna be and who's going to be in it? And how do I tap that talent pool to get the best workers out of that pool, right? So those girls that are like saying, "Hey, I know that you're, I know that you're thinking high school person. I know you're thinking about going into doing this drafting thing. 
here's some perspective. This is really, really good. This is awesome. Uh, watch out for this. But figuring out how to put, and I, I talk about this all the time, putting yourself in a position to be that smart choice and creating that conversation somewhere, planting the seeds for that conversation to come up down the road of is drafting something that it, that I want to invest my time in to go do. And if so, where do I want to go work? Word, yeah. So in, in advertising world for advertising agencies, how do I prime the pump to figure out when those kids are sophomores and juniors, how do I get them like an internship? How do I get them excited about working for an advertising agency and what separates them? What are the differentiators? How, how, how do I attract good talent? Because it's more than just paying them more. There's culture that's involved in that. There's personality that's involved in that. There's aligned values that's part of that. There's a whole bunch of facets. And again, I think there's, there's I look at it with kind of a two-hand approach. One of it is just the, the, your gut, right? How does it feel? And that's an emotive element. The other side of that coin is what you were talking about, about the economist guy. Listen, I'm not here to doom and gloom you. These are just numbers. These are the way it is. Yeah. This is just the analytical research that tells you what that pool is, what that decrease, increase, whatever you want to you know, term those columns and rows. It's just math, man, and it's pure. And it will tell you it's a good prognosticator where you're going. So put yourself in a good position to be the recipient of of where in, in terms of your your model, how do you put yourself in as a company in the right position to get the best upcoming talent? Or is it something where maybe you want to pivot in a different way? I think that it's, and we talked about this at the, the state meetings, it goes into like you're starting to try to find them at a younger age. So right. you're, you're hitting them up. Um, I think we're going to see job fairs being a thing again in high schools and, and talking about, you know, what, opportunities there are out there other than going to college right well my kids i've got 13 15 17 and that's a conversation at my house all the time and is it and and i'm not i'm pretty agnostic in terms of of college if that's what you want to do why do you want to do it and where are you going and how do you do it the most efficient way and can you do it at a state school you don't i mean you can go get the experience of going to college that's four times the expense is it worth it if you think it is then you figure out a way to go get as many scholarships as you can you better bust your ass getting good grades and you better do a little bit of extra sat studying and jalen my oldest she'll be a senior she's kind of figuring that out and feeling a little bit of the stress so she didn't do as well on the sat as she wanted to she got great grades but she's seeing that and i'm constantly you know, pounding that into those guys, put yourself in the right position, put yourself in the right position. But yeah, I, I think you're a hundred percent right where now those conversations are happening at that middle school and high school level mm -hmm. of what is it that you really, really want to go do? And what are the benefits of doing it? Four day work weeks. It's more yeah. than just, and it's at the end of the day, man, I think the big shift is it's more than just money. It's, it's freedom and autonomy to like one of the things that we tout at our agency is, we have unlimited PTO. Don't take advantage of it, but it's unlimited. We work hard, we play hard. But the, the beauty of that design is that 
if you're smart about your hiring, you're hiring people that aren't taking a shit ton of PTO because they're busy working hard because they're passionate and they yes. love what they do. So if, you, if you're smart about it, again, it's putting yourself in the right position to hire the right people. But that, man, what a great perk that is. Well, we have unlimited PTO. Yeah. Really? And, that, and, and the thing is, is when people think about leaving, that crosses their mind. You got to have should. something that is, <laughs> is, not repa- is not replaceable by the next person, right? Yeah. Like money is. <laughs> money is the is a real easy way to just say, and we see it in construction a lot, right? Because right. a lot of times it's per square foot. How much are yeah. you getting paid per square foot? I'll give you a buck a square foot more. Right. Oh, see you later. Deuces, and they leave. <laughs> and then also someone comes, I'll give you 50 cents more than that guy did. Oh, shit, okay, see ya. And, and that's where it comes down to, where you get into, <clears throat> there's a company here in town that I would, you know, had been approached by years and years and years ago. And uh, no people that work there and all this stuff. And, and I always um, was like, yeah, I mean, they I they made the offer to me. And I was like, I can make a lot more money doing other stuff. I don't understand. And so I kind of talked to a couple of different guys. I'm like, how do you guys do this? Like, what, I mean, like, what's, what's the, and they're like, well, you know, I mean, we get, uh, it's like an extra week of vacation. I think it's three weeks of vacation instead of two. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And, uh, and we get a company truck. You know, they pay for my truck. I get to take my company truck home every day. So, like, we're doing the same job. We're repping. We're out selling stuff. But, yeah, but you, you know, you're using, you know, you drive to work and everything, and then you got to get in the truck and go do it or whatever. I, I just, I get to drive my truck home. I'm like, shitting me and they weren't even nice trucks but it was like like i mean <clears throat> and it just kind of was it was the, one of the first things where i was just like really that's the that's the difference that's the thing right <laughs> yeah and then later in life i got to know people that you know i they would tell me how much they hated their job and i'd be like well why do why do you you know why do you stay there well they pay for my insurance yeah i mean i get my insurance paid for i'm like well who gives a shit if you make 300 more dollars a month at another job does it offset you, it offsets you can right. buy your own insurance like like i don't understand that like <clears throat> you try to show it to them on paper and you're like no this other job's gonna pay you a thousand dollars a month more your insurance only costs 300 you're, you're net up you're buddy. netting 700 dollars. Yeah. but like there's just certain things that you like you said you find the pain point you find what they do and i think in in dealing with what we're dealing with now where it's hard to get employees you got to really really find what that thing is if it means going out and buying a $30,000 F-150 and, and letting that person drive it home every night. And, and $30,000 F-150s well, are you buying? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, that's the whole reason why we well, didn't... Well, I'm saying like a shitty one. I'm not even saying yeah. like, yeah, you to buy a nice one. Well, the whole reason... Sometimes like, that's what it is. It's just a $30,000 yeah, one. We picked up the new truck today, but we didn't turn... We didn't trade in the old one. We kept it. Oh, you keep like, it, yeah. Couldn't replace it. I think you, know? you, you just hit on something that I think is a really, really valuable... Um, like examination and it's a hard one to, to look in the mirror as so we are the gen xers right we're in our mid 40s like what i did right there for you i know you didn't you didn't make me do the math of our actual I know. old I know. I know i know thank you appreciate that. but <laughs> there's still a lot of baby boomers in the leadership of companies and if there's one thing that i've learned about baby boomers they don't like change they like to do it the way that they've been doing it, and it is what it is. But I think there's been such a big shift in terms of how business is being done 
today versus two years ago or three years ago. And I think the what I was hearing in the story that you were talking about is somebody that just doesn't want to change because I don't, I don't, I don't want to change because there's so many unknown variables. Yeah, I might make an extra little bit of money, but I just don't want to relearn things and I don't want to, I'm familiar with this. My brain is good with this and I don't want to change. And, and there has to be, what is that threshold of pain that I have to have before I'm willing to make that change? One of my big challenges to those that are in business leadership is, man, double check and make sure that you're not making some changes and maybe it's because you're afraid of change. Maybe it's because you're not willing to put in the time to change because it's hard because guess what it is and really sit down and, and take some of that emotion on that, that right hand and just put it away for a little bit and look at the math of it and do some really hard looking in the mirror of, yeah, it's not going to be easy. Shifting careers is not necessarily easy because some of your identity is bound up within that career and it might really might really spin you out but trust that process and and look at it through a, a little bit wider lens and and go through it but as a, i mean there are opportunities that are waiting for businesses to get better and more efficient and not necessarily grow maybe even contract but do business better and more efficiently and provide a better product five years from now, that springboards them into a totally different area that they they wouldn't have been in had they not gone through that analysis to be like, hey, we need to change how we do this or we're not going to be doing it in five years. Heather's going to change how she does things. She's going to do something she doesn't want to do. We, I, I ask. So her the, face is like, oh shit! Uh, <laughs> what like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> what we, did I agree yeah, to? We may want to turn off the recording. Um, <laughs> the hold so on. The remind me. Remind me of what what we were talking about. I was gonna do this. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so we, uh, so you know, I mean, in our role, we don't really have, I mean, we have a few employees, but we don't, we, but we have a lot of subcontractors. Right. So you have to treat your subcontractors, especially in this market, like prized employees because they will, they, they really don't have any strings tied to you. I mean, you're, right. you're like, what can I do to make your life better? And I mean, and that's coming into my role back with the construction company again and really getting to focus like beyond the job sites again and being able to like, you know, talk to our subs again and be like, Hey, you know, like, and especially some of the new subs I haven't met. So the other day I'm at one of our job sites, one of our mountain builds, and I'm up there doing some skid steer work and our well drilling companies there. And the well drillers are, you know, I go over, I, I'm just kind of watching the machine because we've been waiting a year to get a well driller. They are again, another trade, they're the unicorns. They are a unicorn. <laughs> if you are in the trade, if you're looking for something to do, Google well drilling. Go training. figure out how to be well driller because holy shit, they they a year? they name their yeah. price. They and and so I was talking to him like, man, how you get into well drilling? The kid, cool kid. He goes, my dad dad owns a company. He goes, so I kind of been born into it. And he's like, but I love it. He goes, we work our ass off all summer, and he goes, and we take off the whole fall, and we just elk hunt all fall. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is why they drill wells in the mountains and because goes, as soon as the snow flies, he goes, they, we they drill stop. in the mountains. Super he goes, smart. We, we drill until the snow flies. And then he says, we shut down in September and we elk hunt through the rest of the year and we don't come back till spring. He goes, we work basically six months out of the year. Yeah. And he goes, I love it. He goes, this way I've been raised. He says, we work six months a year. He said, my dad works six months a year. He says, we hang out with the family. We go snowmobiling. He goes, we're big snowmobilers and we're big elk hunters. So we love it. And he's like, that's what's important to me. And I'm like, but that's, that's, that's that amazing, experiential right? element mm-hmm. that, that I'm talking about. Yeah. Like that, that's what makes them want to be welders, right. right? So if you want to be a welder and you want to have six months a year off, go do it. Call us. We'll hire you. No, <laughs> we got these guys. They're good. No, they're so great. <clears throat> they're awesome. So I literally, I say, that's awesome. I go, can you guys tell me, is there anything I can do? Can, is it as a general contractor, is there anything I can do to make your guys' job better? Can I, you know, anything I can do to help you? Can I prep it better? You know, is there something? I said, because I don't want to lose you guys. I said, I'll be real honest. So we waited a year for you. We've got you lined up for the next four jobs. I don't want to piss you off. <laughs> and they're like laughing. I'm like, you know, they're both young kids, like 20-year-old right. kids. And I'm like, I don't want to upset you. What can I do to make your life better? Just tell me. And he's like, you know, you need it. It was really good. It, he's like, if you could have the site witched before we get there. Oh, geez. And I go, this is what you're talking about. Yeah. I oh go, <laughs> I go, what? I go, you've got to be kidding. I go, what? And he goes, yeah, if you could have it. And they both are like shaking their head. They're like, yeah. yeah they I've, were just fucking with you. No, they weren't. <laughs> I love this and he's like no if you could have the site witch that'd be great and they're like and i'm like what do you mean witched and he goes witching sticks and i'm like you mean like <laughs> witching sticks like the metal stick and he goes yeah and i go are you fucking with me and they're like no that shit works and he goes <laughs> we just came off a job where this guy witched a stick and he put it right where it was and we got down we hit water like at 200 feet and we know people who were drilling there and they were going 500 feet like which and he's like everyone thinks it's voodoo and it's weird he goes we had one job site where the guy kicked our witching stick guy off there because he thought he was giving putting a curse on his property and they told all these stories right right he literally says call my dad he's got the number of a couple really good guys that do it that's like a hundred bucks but he says every time we drill if it's been witched and marked out for us we hit water faster and i don't honestly necessarily believe it now we talked to my brother about it my brother swears by it he was in really a, he was in the board drilling business said that he had guys that could do this that. is like the one one of the few things that your brother has said that i'm like okay now i'm rethinking how much i <laughs> like you yeah like, my brother said the same thing he's like i swear to god he goes i thought it was total bunk and he goes but we did it and then we got like had guys that worked for them when he was on the board drilling crew yeah. and they would witch it and they're like oh we don't want to go right here this is really hard rock right here this is this or this or that and they would drill there and hit exactly where that guy said they ran really? the rock yeah so there's there, there's people who believe or don't believe it. so i'm telling heather we're gonna spend the hundred dollars <laughs> You we're you gonna, can spend the hundred dollars. I'm gonna spend the hundred dollars because if we do it, then we're gonna have to go and sage the site <laughs> later, and it opens the Pandora's box. Uh, of we bullshit. are going to have some weird dude out there with witching sticks <laughs> finding water. But but my point being this: if something stupid like that that she thinks is totally dumb, and it costs us a hundred dollars, 
And we go, it cost me $100. I'm gonna, that's when we're we gonna go do, make there. our TikTok account. It's gonna be our first freaking post is you out there with a guy with witching sticks. Mm. I, want, I, I think that's a, a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good idea. That is a really good TikTok <laughs> idea. Um, anyway, so we, we're gonna do it. But it's one of those things like, if that's what they feel is important and they, we need them as our sub and they think, hey, they're actually doing something. That maybe a lot of people think is stupid, but they're doing that to help but us. But what's out. the so I'm gonna I'm gonna play the other side of this coin a little bit. What's the math? Whether you not you believe it, it is irrelevant. What's the math in their world of success for that? Because there's a statistic that they're citing where they're like, "Hey, listen, every time, even if it's half a time, but but if if these guys are saying, listen, every time that we do this." it yields a better result. If you're asking, if you're going to take the time to ask, you well, have to the other take things the they said, answer they said that you'll get more gallons per minute from those guys. But All right, thing, fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a note and ask him about it because... Here, here, <laughs> here's the funny part too, though. Those guys get paid by the foot. So actually, they would actually get make more money. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. didn't hit water. But the thing is, is they don't want, they want to go to the next job. They want to get done. Right. And they're like, well, I want him to go to the next job too. I have three stacked behind it. So yeah, yeah. so like we're well, so- but it goes back to the efficiency thing, right? If you can help me be more efficient, and you value, because really what you're saying is, at the end of the day, you you value my input, you value my time, you value what I do. If I can do a better job for you and hit water at 200 feet versus 500 feet. That's a win for everybody. And I guess if we do it and we spend $100 and have it done and they come out there and they're laughing their asses off at you, the morale is up and all oh, yeah. is good anyways. So and it's a win-win anyways. They'll, they'll trust me because I say, that guy's an idiot, but at least he did what we <laughs> want him to do. The weirdest part is when it's me that shows up and collects that 100 bucks for which in the side. <laughs> I'm like, see I hustle. And he's out there going, ha, la, la, humana, la, la, humana, and like smoke. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's not even sage, you moron. We're going to do this. Okay. Okay. We can do that. <laughs> Whatever. Just saying. I think, like it. You got to think outside the box in today's world. Well, and that's one of the things like we were talking about as, as most business owners have that type A personality um, mm-hmm. where, you know, they're up for a challenge. That's why they went into business. They're, they're okay with change. Um, you know, and, and it's funny, like, as you're talking about it, think about in my speaking engagements, I've been talking about in real estate, you have to evolve in your business or you get left behind. You're right. It's the same thing in any business. Because the market not evolves. Just, yeah, the market evolves. And the market evolves in any business. Right. So that's, it's just the challenge. It's just right now, I think our market is changing weekly. <laughs> yeah. It's a little difficult right now. Well, and but, all the dynamics, the supply chain issues, the worker issues, like there's things that have never really, what I would say, truly been that big of a disruption that are a legitimate disruption. And there's all these ripples that you don't think about. And you're just like, oh, my God, seriously, really? You better figure out a plan to accommodate for it. Well, we could. She did a great job of pivoting with the, we ended up not doing it because we got concrete. But we could get concrete. Like, concrete was tough. And it wasn't, again, but the, it was not a concrete shortage. It was a driver tr- yes. shortage. They don't have enough drivers driving trucks to get enough concrete out to keep up with the demand. So <clears throat> we were three weeks out. We finally did get concrete. We're getting concrete on Monday. Um, but before that was happening, we, we had it prepped for concrete. And we're like, so she started Googling like 
options to concrete slabs. I'm like options like slab or a concrete, no concrete slab or just different things. I was just Googling whatever I could think of. Yeah. I'm like, what's another option for slab on grade other than a crawl space when you're prepped for slab on grade? And Otherwise, we have to go dig all the prep out and then do a, a floor. But Yeah, and all of our plumbing is already in. It's like, it's crazy. So I found uh, a system on there and I found like I found the code that backs it up and and I started getting pricing and everything on it to do it's it's like a wood slab so um on top of your four inches of gravel that you have compacted gravel for your slab you put down a a vapor barrier and then you put down four inches of this certain type of foam that is rated like 250 pounds per square foot and Mm. so you put that down alternating so it's two inch two inches thick each layer so you go four inches of that and you, you stagger the seams, and then you do the uh, OSB over the top of it, but it's a treated OSB, and it has a specific glue and nails and all these things on how it goes down, right. and it actually is considered to be better than a concrete slab. Really? Yeah, more structurally sound than a concrete slab, because you've got the, the four inches of gravel, right. four inches of foam, and then... What is the the OSB? It was like seven eighths. seven eighths each one. So then you got th- that on top of it. So it would work, and I got I got it all approved, and we could do it. And then we got concrete. Price wise, what was the difference? It, it was going to be a wash. Yeah, but it was going to be able to keep but, moving but, forward. But therein lies exactly what I'm talking about. It's the analysis of figuring out a plan B. If if you've got buffers and you've got a plan B and you've done the research, I don't know anybody that's done plan B, but I found where it was approved. The, the, just the <laughs> fact that that you know that that's an answer makes you that much more of a valuable contractor when somebody says, "Yeah, what about this?" and you have that answer that fast. That's a huge deal because it your credibility goes up, your versatility goes up, all of those factors that make you better in business everything goes up and again it goes back to what is power knowledge right but that's it's intentionality to take the time to do some research and figure out okay so what if i can't do this what are my options and i think this is probably a good segue into a conclusion of this podcast is it's it's that intentionality to find and seek out what are some other options if if i'm going to have a shortage of of this microchip what are my options? What's my plan B? What's my plan C? Is there a plan C? Do I need to maybe reconfigure what I'm doing? So like for Ford, they're like, well, let's look at the math. I know that this guy really wants a massager chair in his F450 that can pull the space shuttle. But let's uh, let's do how many people is that a deal breaker for? Oh, none. Oh. Because that's you're not buying. Do you want the, your truck, or do you yeah, want? You're not buying the seats. truck because of the seats. You're buying the truck because you need something to haul anything. Right. I want to see you pull the space shuttle personally. <laughs> I'll do it. Oh, I think it'd be really cool. I think it comes down like we we're talking about, and and it's the tattoo that Trevor has on his arm. Be the solution. Right. So when times get <laughs> tough, you you have to look into other ways to keep your business going and other options. And even when you ask professionals and people that you trust, because I asked a lot of people, I'm like, what are my options? Right. They're like, you wait for concrete. That's your option. But that's the first right answer. Doesn't mean there's not a second right answer. You went and found the second right answer. Yeah. How many, but how many people do that? That's what separates the good from the great. The great go find the second and third right answer. The good just go find the first right answer. That's the challenge. 
go find the second right answer because it's probably out there. Or guess what? You know what we should do? We should figure out an alternative to this. That's where businesses get mm-hmm. thought up in a living room going, well, no kidding, this sucks. Wouldn't it be great if we could come up with a new thing that could replace it? And they start thinking about it and poking holes in ideas. And the next thing you know, you've got this thing that's approved that's an alternative to doing concrete stuff. I mean, that came out of somebody being irritated about a shortage of concrete, which probably happened when we had that huge shortage a few years ago. Yeah, it's yeah. well, and it's something that's used in other areas of the country that is just not commonly used here. Context. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that's another thing kind of i guess my wrap up on it is is making it we always like to either bring family or personal type stuff and kind of get it away from the business a little bit i'm going to take it into more personal thought process we're in a um you know on our personal life side you you talk about um you know some of the changes that we've done we really like to go out to dinner you know go out to dinner quite a bit and you, it's hard to go out to dinner anymore sometimes. Sometimes, the, I mean, the service is bad. Sometimes the restaurants aren't open because they don't have enough people. Um, the prices are ridiculous now, you know, because everything's so expensive. So, so we've actually pivoted from, changed our thought process of, like, what, you know, Friday and Saturday night is going out and going out is now our back patio and doing more. You know, I always loved barbecue, but, like, now it's almost more important than we cook at home, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've even changed our mindset of, like, okay, being prepared or thinking ahead enough when you do see those things that sometimes are shorted you buy extra of it you know i'm not i'm not condoning being a prepper or hoarder it's just paying attention but people i think now we have to be more uh cognizant of the fact that like you know Maybe it's a good idea to pick up an extra freezer. We just bought two extra freezers, you know. That's so funny. Maybe yeah. it's a maybe it's yeah. a good idea to 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 start looking at your your supply of what you have and saying that you know what I'm not gonna get because it was stressing me out. Like I'd get pissed off. We'd go out to dinner and you know you wait two hours to get in somewhere and then you get there and the service is bad. I'm like, you know what? We don't need this pressure. I don't need this stress. I how you know how am I gonna be the solution here? Well, I'm gonna buy more meat have more things prepared i'm gonna not go to the you know even just going to the store like i said for the cough drops you go to the store and sometimes the meat department's hammered right there's nothing there at least you know living in a small town now we we see that more and more i want to be prepared so now i'm just preparing more right like i think and so i think you can do that in your personal life as well as in business start thinking ahead a little bit more we can't be as you know, right now, instant gratification as we used to be. Bingo. Because things aren't there when we need them to right, right now. And, and it sucks, and I hate it, and I, I'm, I'm just as mad as everybody else because I think Amazon and everything else got us in this mm-hmm. world where we just, instant gratification was such a big deal. Sure. And now shortages and lack of humans to work and lack of products and chips or whatever it is has now made it to where you have to think ahead. Like sometimes you have to think ten months ahead when you want to buy a truck. You know, <laughs> sometimes we used to go out. Just I mean, you used to just go like, you know what? I'm going out this weekend to buy a truck, and you could buy whatever fucking truck you wanted. Yeah, this weekend. Like we used to go out and just say, it's I'm, just picking I'm your color, go, right? I'm just gonna yeah, one pick color. I <clears throat> we you know I'm gonna go to dinner tonight. Okay, let's go. Like that was just a thought. Now I you know they're predicting and some of the things they're saying with this labor the labor department stuff. 
we may see a time within the next five to ten years where you can't just walk into a restaurant. Which is crazy. There's such a labor shortage in that, that industry that the consolidation could happen to where restaurants are shutting down at such a rate right now mm-hmm. that there's only enough restaurants that you would have to book your, you're going to have reservation only at almost every restaurant, even some fast food restaurants. Sandwich artists. You mean it's going to go gonna... back to how it was when, when I was a kid? I swear there was not that many restaurants. We never ate out. Well, yeah. we were poor, so that's why that's we never That's part ate of it. Like, but, I remember yeah, looking forward to once a month when my parents went grocery shopping and they would stop and get Subway sandwiches on the way home. Right. But that's that's different. I think we were just poor. I, I mean, more people <laughs> were out eating. We just didn't know this it. Guy, oh, I was thinking about that. I'm okay. like, man, we were like living high on the hog when we'd get Chicago Connection pizza. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> we, were, we all grew up pretty modest. So, But I th- I don't think that was because there was a, a labor shortage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really? You know, yeah. There was plenty of restaurants. But I think what's going to happen is I think you're going to see, a, a, you know, online ordering is going to be a, a big thing mm-hmm. you're not going to just walk in someplace and order something you're going to be there to pick it up i think you're going to not especially sit down restaurants i don't think you're gonna i, I agree with the labor guy i think that you're gonna yeah. see a situation where we may not have walk in like hey can I, yeah we got a group of four can we have dinner uh do you have a reservation like everything uh, because it's just going to be that way so what i'm saying is is i think we need to be flexible in going into the future and what we're dealing with right now. That's the only way, one, you're going to survive with your blood pressure uh, and not have a fucking aneurysm or a heart attack. But <laughs> the other thing is is you're going to be able to make your business efficient. You're going to make your, your family efficient. That's so, you know, I mean, think ahead, plan ahead. I call it balancing your checkbook. Yeah. yeah. Your checkbook of life, whatever it is, it's just looking at it. <laughs> What's a checkbook? <laughs> oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> My kids have no idea. Oh my gosh, yeah. We were listening to the old country channel on we were driving back from Coeur d'Alene the other day and we listened to XM Radio the Prime Country and we were laughing about as the, the it, and I it just seemed like every song that came on had some reference that I'm like yeah kids don't know that. Here's you know, a quarter. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's, here's a, a quarter call someone, someone that cares. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? mean? <laughs> Why would you need a quarter to call somebody? You know like we were just laughing yeah. about something about something about a phone book. Uh, picking up the phone book and the, and it was just like yeah. kids don't know what a phone book is. So there's so many things, but oh, like yeah. legitimately, I think that you literally have to think ahead a little bit more. I think we've got to plan. You got to plan for it, and I think you got to realize that um, this is going to be this way for a little while. So we're just going to have to make do with the way we have it, you know, yeah. and, and and be flexible. That's the only way it's going. You're going to. Well, you're not. I mean. You're not going to change that. You need to change your expectation and how you're going to how you're going to deal with it. So the the conversation, the dad conversation that I had with Jessly, she's my 13 year old. She's she's a sharp kid. And we're always talking about stuff, and she's she's listening and engaging in conversation. And so we were talking about the idea between the guide of what you want and the plan of how to get it. And what is the difference between the two? The guide is, hey, I want to go. I want to go out to dinner. Okay, that's my guide. That's my idea. My vision, whatever you want to call it. The plan is, what do I want, and when am I going to go, and how am I going to get there, and do I have money to do it? And figuring that stuff out, <clears throat> and being like what you're saying, being intentional about being in front of it and planning it. So. 
what had started this conversation was we were talking about my middle kid, Logan. He's 15. And he's been kind of a challenge in the last year because he just doesn't care about school. What he does care about because he's 15 is getting his driver's license and, and he wants a Mustang, which makes my heart so happy. So he's trying. So now his guide is, I want a Mustang. His plan is get a job and work and save. But what he's figuring out right now, he's working at Sockeye Brewing, and they're fantastic. And he's doing really, really good. And I've seen a big shift in him, in his attitude, in his value of hard work, like all these different things where all these seeds that I've planted over the last eight years of him growing up, pop, pop, pop. starting to really, really blossom. And I'm like, God, finally. And he's sending me, Dad, check out this Mustang I found on Facebook Marketplace. It's awesome. I'm like, yeah, that's a scam, buddy. It's not <laughs> it's not it's not fourteen hundred bucks, I promise. Nice. So but it's cool to see my kids starting to figure that out and starting to see that and understanding that, hey, if I wanna if I want to get the best result i need to figure out what it is big picture that i want and then i need to narrow that down narrow down the scope what's my plan of how to get it what is the nitty-gritty of that and and building in some of those pivots of well if if this doesn't work and i need to figure out that and then i got this and then where's your buffer always building i always tell that to my kids always building a buffer because you're probably gonna need it and just again it goes back to that it's i'm gonna get it tattooed small on my back with a little butterfly Little tramp stamp says intentionality. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna mo- it's gonna be a monarch. I'm gonna be there. Yeah, a monarch butterfly intentional. I'm gonna be there. It's gonna be hot. It's gonna be real hot. Anyway, okay. I'm gonna leave you with that little mental image of me picturing it right now. <coughs> oh my god! I just feel bad for uh, just think of the massive amount of shaving that's gonna have to happen for that tattoo to go there. No, it's all. It looks good back there. Okay. I got the little back blade. <laughs> oh boy, I think that pretty much does it. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think a little vomit good. in my yeah. mouth after that. Okay, <laughs> Heather just dropped her mic and ran out. <laughs> you, you guys are gross. Different type of mic drop. Yeah, <laughs> the literal <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> An expedited exit. I'm out. Thank you, everybody. Uh, for the three of you that are still listening to us because we're being <laughs> quarterly now, uh, just hit us up at Havoc Partners on Instagram. Best way to get us. And uh, let's get some more going here. Yeah, Promise. If, if there's anything you want us to like hit on, or if you want to be on, like if you want to be a guest, we're always looking for guests. Yeah. Hit us up. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be fun. It's always fun. Yeah. Until next time. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody.